Welcome to the Lucid Dreaming podcast from howtolucid.com, where I share interesting lucid dreaming tutorials, stories, and tips with you guys. If you want to find more, you can actually go to howtolucid.com forward slash podcast, where you'll get exclusive links and discounts, as well as show notes and much more. All right, so I think we all saw this video coming quite a while ago. Before I start, I want to make it very, very clear before you comment anything, before you <laughs> have a go at me or whatever, I like the guy. I have had long conversations with him, I really respect him, and I think he's actually a lovely guy. Um, so this is really just kind of an encouragement of debate, and I would love to kind of open up this discussion, I guess, with you and him. But really, it's just kind of my opinion, my commentary on these things, because this is not necessarily only him that says these things. Uh, there's other people in the community and also in the other communities I'm part of, which kind of... I don't know, it just made me want to kind of comment on these things. So this is going to be four uh, things that I think Daniel Love is wrong about. And if you don't know, Daniel Love is the YouTuber who makes, uh, he makes lucid dreaming videos and he runs the channel Lucid Portal. It used to be called the Lucid Guide or the Lucid Dream Guide, I can't remember. And uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Number one, reality shifting. So reality shifting is something that's been trending recently on TikTok and in many ways, this is a confusing one because the way it's explained on TikTok kind of doesn't do it justice. The idea that we can shift and change our reality is something that's fundamentally been known for a long time. But it's, it's a tricky one because most people don't know they're doing it. So if you said to them, you can create and change your reality at any time you want, most people would say, no, that's crazy because they don't they don't open their mind to that sort of thing. But the truth is they've been doing it their whole lives. And any anything you're experiencing now is something that you have through a series of decisions, intentions, and beliefs led yourself to experience. You have created or manifested it. And the interesting thing is that only, usually only the top kind of successful people or people who have achieved what they want to achieve will admit that, it, that they're self-made that they manifested and got to that point out of their own intentions and actions. However, people who aren't where they want to be, let's say they haven't achieved the things they want, they aren't experiencing the life they want to, will have a harder time admitting that because it's like admitting that they haven't done enough, they haven't achieved the things they want. So the truth is we all create our own reality, every one of us. And we've been doing this our whole lives. So the, the interesting thing about now is that it's becoming popular to actually understand this, to actually, um, you know, believe and understand that you can create your own reality. The thoughts you have, the beliefs you have, will be mirrored back to you by the world in this, what we call the holographic matrix, the, holo the divine matrix. It's a mirror, almost like an illusion or a hologram. So what you believe has an impact on everything else. And this is not just, you know, my opinion, of course, that would be quite silly. Um, this is something that's been known for a long time. It's been proven recently by quantum mechanics and non-locality. So I'll put some links in the description to like some books, some studies and some research and kind of like that left brain stuff. If you want to look at that, but really more interestingly, this is something that we kind of all can demonstrate for ourselves. You know, and uh, it's very simple. Set a goal or decide to, to do something. And then just every day, just focus intensely on that thing. Visualize yourself doing it, charge up your emotions positively and work towards it. And 
you'll find that more often than not, you will change your reality very quickly. And, you know, Tony Robbins does entire uh, performances based around this. He does entire, like, workshops based on changing your state, your beliefs, and the stories you tell yourself. This is not just, like, some kind of woo-woo, new age thing. This is something that's been known for a long time. So shifting is, I would say, the first thing I think he has got wrong. Number two, lucid dreaming is hard or difficult. Or, you know, lucid dreaming has to take a long time. This is absolutely not the case. And I've been an example of that. And many of my students that have gone through, let's say, the lucid breakthrough system or the bootcamp system have been examples of this. And they've been able to lucid dream sometimes for the first time within the first one or two weeks. And But the thing is, and I really want to make this clear, it can be difficult, but it doesn't have to be difficult. It can take a long time, but it doesn't have to take a long time. It can happen overnight. It can happen instantly. And this is the thing. Lucid dreaming, like with anything else, okay, you are entirely guided and directed by your belief system, your subconscious beliefs about the thing. This kind of follows on from the last thing about shifting, okay? Your subconscious beliefs have been shown to massively impact and influence what you experience and what you do and what you're able to do. If you change those subconscious beliefs, and this is really the, like the core of my teaching in many of my programs, it's not really the technique as such, although I do cover that, it's more about the things that are, that are stopping the technique from working, the subconscious beliefs that you have. Because if you've been reading Reddit or watching, let's say Daniel's videos, or other people's videos, you, you might get this, this false idea that lucid dreaming has to be difficult, that it has to take a long time. It's just absolutely not the case. It doesn't have to be difficult. But the thing is, if you keep telling yourself that it's difficult, it will be. If you keep telling yourself, oh, it's going to take me a year to practice this, and I might never lucid dream, or, you know, I might only have one a month, then guess what you'll experience? Exactly that. <laughs> and, this is, and this is the, I would say, the key difference between uh, my teachings and his, is that if you look at my videos, yeah, you'll find some people who find it hard, but most people, if you look at the comments, say, I was able to lucid dream tonight, or I lucid dreamed last night, I lucid dreamed last week. This helped me lucid dream two or three times. Like, and these stories are all over the place on my channel because when you change your beliefs, your subconscious beliefs, even just a bit, you change the results you get. And th but this is not just applying to lucid dreaming. This is a fundamental concept about human psychology. If you look at any coach, any consultant, any... Um, teacher or professor who who is involved with like teaching someone something specifically coaches right the first one of the first things they'll do is they'll cut right to the core of the problem which is the subconscious beliefs your limiting beliefs how you think something is going to happen because that's really the only or main thing holding you back is your subconscious beliefs so if you constantly tell someone you know lucid dreaming is difficult it's going to take months for you to learn it can't happen overnight. You need to constantly be grinding and putting in the work. That's just an idea. That's just a story that you're telling them. That doesn't have to be true. And I'm a living example of that. Many of my students are living examples of that. And you know, this concept is well known in the coaching community um, and in personal growth, personal development community, you know. So yeah, it can be difficult, but it really doesn't have to be. You know, and your beliefs and the, the stories you set, tell yourself and the way you talk about something has a massive impact on the results you get.
So that's that one. Number three, new age stuff. And I, when I say new age, I really mean anything that's been made popular in the last 50 years in terms of spirituality. Not everything, but most things. Now, I wanna preface this by saying some things in the new age community are nonsense, some things. But some things, maybe even a lot of things, are not nonsense, and they've actually had a long history behind them. They're not new age at all. They're not new. They're actually really old, ancient concepts that have stuck around simply because they work. And this, is, this would be things like meditation, like law of attraction to some degree, manifestation, the idea that crystals can hold and um, project energy. Uh, you know, there's really a number of examples I could give. I just wanted to remind you that if you're listening to this podcast, you can actually get a free PDF guide to lucid dreaming, a report showing you 100 things that you can do in a lucid dream, as well as free email lessons, tutorials, and tips. All you need to do is go to howtolucid.com forward slash sign up, all one word, howtolucid.com forward slash sign up. But the most interesting one is the idea that positive thought or you know your beliefs and intentions, words you say, have an impact on your physical body. You can, for example, heal yourself through positive thought. And this sounds like a kind of crazy concept. And this is something I think Daniel has been like uh, saying quite a few times, like, no, that's impossible. You can't do that. But you can. <laughs> and not only can you, but there are countless stories and experiences from people all around the world throughout history who have done this and continue to do this. You hear all the time, you know, about these people with like these terminal conditions. They discovered, let's call it what you like, okay, positive thinking, um, personal growth, spirituality, whatever. They decided at a certain point in time, no, this disease is no longer part of my reality. I will, this, this isn't me. This is not how things are gonna be. And they heal. You know, not all of them, because again, it depends on uh, the level of strength of the subconscious belief. You know, let's say if you have somebody who their whole life, they've believed things like, you know, um, if I get ill, that's just it. There's nothing I can do about it. And then they, you know, in one day, they try and change that. They try and tell themselves, no, I'm, I'm healthy. Of course, you're trying to, you're trying to fix 30 years or 40 years of thinking one way in one day. It doesn't really work like that. You need to you need to kind of outweigh that. You need to really strongly adopt a belief and this takes time. But if you go months and months telling yourself the same thing, like I can heal, I am healthy, I'm healing, or you know, whatever the, whatever the belief is you're trying to adopt, it works. I've been, uh, again, a living example of this, but it's not really about me. It's about the countless other people who have done the same thing. But you know, for the last kind of, two years specifically, I've been really focusing intensely on subconscious beliefs. And I, one of the things I started telling myself two years ago was I don't get sick. I am healthy. I am, uh, you know, completely healthy in, in every way. And what I found is in the last two years, I've not been sick once, not one time, no colds, no sniffles, no, you know, no, nothing, literally nothing. And I've been going about my life as normal, you know, as you know, I don't, you know, muzzle up or mask up or anything like that. I don't uh, do any of these crazy stuff that people have been doing in the last year. Uh, and I've been absolutely fine. <laughs> and not only that, I've actually felt in better shape in the last year or two than I have in any other time in my life. 
And it really comes down to your subconscious beliefs, the things you believe in the stories you tell yourself. I could go on, but this video's already getting on for 10 minutes now, so. Number four, clickbait. <laughs> this is a classic one. I think people uh, have heard his side of this quite a lot. Now, clickbait is an interesting one. When YouTube started, the only really effective way of getting views was to have a really enticing thumbnail with something completely unrelated to the video that would make people click on it. That used to work really well, and then YouTube would kind of value those views and promote your video based on that. So you had all these kind of reply girls and people like gaming the system. It doesn't really work anymore. In fact, it doesn't work at all anymore. You know, you can have a really good thumbnail and you might get, let's say, 100 people to click on it, 200 people. But if they don't continue to watch the video, YouTube will basically ignore your video completely. So I can have the most clickbait thumbnail in the world. And yeah, I might get 200 views from it. But if people don't watch the video and continue to watch the video, YouTube will absolutely ignore it. <laughs> so one of the things he keeps saying is like, oh, these, these videos that have 200,000, a million views, that's not a barometer, that's not um, like a, an indicator of success or quality. I would argue that it actually could be. You know, it's, it's certainly something because you, you can't get a million views on YouTube unless people really like the video, unless people actually watch the video for a certain amount of time. Their number one metric that YouTube optimizes around now is watch time. It's not click-through rate, it's not views, it's not even engagement, it's just watch time. They, all they want is you to watch these videos for as long as possible, as often as possible. So, clickbait is just one part of the puzzle. If you see a video that has lots of views, that doesn't mean necessarily that it's because of a, a clickbait thumbnail. What it really means is that people are really interested in this video. People are actually watching it and watching it for a long time. Otherwise, it just wouldn't get the views. YouTube's algorithm is so powerful now and so efficient at optimizing for watch time that you just can't fake it. You simply can't fake it. If you look at any video on any channel that has a million views, usually it means that it's because people are watching that video quite a lot. They're interested in that topic. It, it's doing well, okay? So with clickbait, you can't fake it. You know, if you see a popular channel, they're popular for a reason, usually. Of course, there are exceptions, but I'm talking about the majority. So in terms of the thumbnail, really the only job of the thumbnail, the only job is to get somebody who might be interested in the video to click on it and watch it. That's the only job. So if a thumbnail gets someone to click and then they don't watch the video, that would be a complete waste of my time as a creator because then I wouldn't, it wouldn't get any views because YouTube would stop promoting it. So the only job of the thumbnail is to make people who might be interested in the video click through and watch it. So in a sense, you can't really do clickbait anymore. <laughs> so let's say if you see if you see one of my videos that says uh, Lucid Dream Tonight. Okay, so he's called that clickbait in the past, but he's kind of making the same thumbnails now and using them to kind of bait and switch people into his opinion on that thing. But my videos really, if you look at, let's say, a, a How to Lose a Dream Tonight video, it does tell you how to lose a dream tonight. <laughs> There's no clickbait. And the fact that it gets so many views is because people watch it and they watch a large percentage of that video. There's no secret there. It's, you know, I can't fake it. Um, there's, that's really it. So I don't think clickbait is something to be frowned upon. I think it's only bad if you're suggesting something in a thumbnail and then not actually giving them that content in the video. But like I said, if you, did, if you did that now, or really any time past 2015, 
YouTube wouldn't promote the video. So there's really no benefit to anyone <laughs> to do clickbait at all. So um, what you're seeing now is just, I'll make a thumbnail that says like, what's in the video basically, lucid dream tonight, how to meditate quicker, or how to manifest things. And then the video, surprise, surprise, is actually about that topic. There's no secret, there's no trick. <laughs> yeah, and, and the fact of the matter is, if you don't put an effort into making your thumbnails clickable, then again, it's not really a surprise, people won't click on them. And then you're not helping anyone. You could have the best video in the world, but if you don't get people to click on it, nobody will see it. And you know, this is something that I, I think everyone realizes now, and, and even Daniel is actually making way more clickbaity thumbnails than he ever used to. I would even argue most of them are more clickbaity than mine, <laughs> if, if you can imagine such a thing. Um, but I think the key is you, you don't, as a creator, you don't wanna make a thumbnail that offers something the video doesn't deliver on. And I don't think I do that as far as I'm aware. Obviously, let me know if I'm wrong, uh, but I don't think I do that. I think if you look at my thumbnails and then watch the video, 99 times out of 100, I do actually give and talk about what the thumbnail says. Um, whereas I can't say the same for your videos, Daniel. I think there's a lot of thumbnails where you have uh, a deceptive clickbaity thing, like astral binaural shifting or something, and then the track is actually not about that. Or it's, you know, it's a trick. It's like a you're trying to capture the traffic from, let's say, reality shifting, and then bait and switch them into actually, no, you've been tricked, it's not real. That's the definition of clickbait. You know, it's not what I'm doing, in my opinion, at least. So, so something, I'm gonna end with something positive, something I think he is right about. And that is that lucid dreaming is amazing. There's no doubt about it. Consciousness is a marvel of nature. And again, like you keep saying, there's so much we don't know, so many things that we're just scratching the surface on. So why limit ourselves? Why confine ourselves to what's been proven in a lab under scientific lab conditions. Because as we all know, if we just went on that, lucid dreaming itself was only proven in a lab a few short years ago. But did it exist before then? Thanks for listening to the Lucid Dreaming podcast from howtolucid.com. There is actually more I would like to offer you. So if you go to howtolucid.com forward slash podcast, you can get exclusive discounts, offers, bonuses, tips, lessons, and videos just for podcast listeners. If you would like to watch or listen to this on another platform, I am on every single social media platform. So just search for How To Lucid. The main place I post is YouTube where I post pretty much every day.